Hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> I was trying to remember if we did an episode in 2021. We did one, right? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. If not, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or reprise. Every day Happy is New six Year years <laughs> now, so I really can't keep anything straight. Well, we're basically near the end of January. My semester I started. I know. Well, officially. It yep. started. Yeah. It's chaos. It is it chaos. It always is. It is chaos. <laughs> Winston is looking at our shinies, oh gosh, but they're he, protected. He's going to knock good down. Cases. He's like, okay, wait, I'm not get, getting the attention I need. Let me knock something over. <laughs> how are how are things? How's the weekend going? Uh, Okay, I guess. Oh, we watched the Truman Show yesterday. Amazon Prime watch party. Yep. I had never seen the movie. It came out in 1998, and I very much enjoyed it. Was fun. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an enjoyable watch party for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like your genre. That's what I said last night. Like, this literally fits for you. Yeah. The meta-ness, the critique of it all. Any you know? the, yeah. The the one, my one goal in life, if I were to, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm at the stage where, <laughs> where I'm making life goals now is but to just one. make something that is a like creative critique commentary that isn't direct critique like it's something mm-hmm. that's artistic like that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. that's the mind space i'm in this entire year <laughs> had to get reorganized yeah, yeah. <laughs> my leg was uncomfortable oh my gosh yeah it was a good movie also the bills play today oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait for football to be over i'm happy for you and the bills but i really don't it's not my my thing yeah well <laughs> your eyes you're just like what are you gonna say no, nah, I mean, to be fair, it's not like you, yeah, you don't even watch it or anything. It's not no. that big of a deal. No. But, yeah, it should be an interesting week. Got a lot going on. Yeah. I don't have my wand and neither Oh, my do you. God. We don't have our wand. I don't even know where the wands. I think Just I, I stored it. away. It's good practice, some charades. <laughs> I stored away the wands. Okay, ready? Wands ready? Yeah. Wands, wands ready. <laughs> Okay, turn to page 252, Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Today's lesson is called Animus. Which you're gonna have do you to know define that, word? that to me, yeah. Okay. Animus <laughs> is a word. Is, yeah. Okay, okay. Basically. Um the chapter begins with Harry trying to manage Ron and Hermione's anger at each other. Neither seems willing to relent, and Harry angers Hermione too when he suggests Crookshanks likely did kill Scabbers. The Weasleys are trying to cheer Ron up about the apparent loss of his pet, but Harry finally breaks through by suggesting Ron try out his firebolt after their Quidditch practice. The practice goes spectacularly with Harry zipping around on his amazing new broomstick. The morning of their match versus Ravenclaw, other students gawk at the broom, including a jealous Malfoy. When the match arrives, Harry faces off against Cho Chang, who seems determined to simply interfere with Harry catching the snitch. Eventually, Harry does manage to get the snitch and win the match, even casting a Patronus at some Dementors, who are actually just Malfoy and other Slytherins. The Gryffindors have a post-match celebration in the common room before finally getting to bed. Their sleep is interrupted, though, when Ron awakes to claim he saw a serious black standing over him. McGonagall is summoned to investigate and finds that the portrait of Sir Cadigan let black in because he had a list of passwords on Oh, he had a list of passwords. <laughs> Poor little Neville. He's just like, me. 
I'm the one. I'm the however she phrased it. She she phrased it very harshly. Yeah. Um, okay. Um also, so back to your question what about how was your weekend? I forgot that I was doing a book club. Right. For Wizard PhD Book Club is reading Half Blood uh, Prince right now, or we read Half Blood Prince. So I basically was confused about um, little moments in here because I was like, "Wait, Scabbers!" And it was just like a mm-hmm. whole thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, never mind. I I know." Oh, where Scabbers I am. is just Scabbers right now. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. just scabbering. Yeah. Around. Well, he is potentially dead. Another, actually, what's really interesting is that. In sorry to jump ahead for just no, a second, I'm not. but uh, I'm in, if you haven't read Half Blood Prince, just very generally, Ron and Hermione have issues, and so I was reminded again, like, like this Julia whole, Michaels song <laughs> issues, issues, or this whole situation where Harry's basically like, oh, I don't know, if, I don't know if their friendship can be repaired. It's like this whole thing, and, and they go yeah. through this again in uh later years so that made me laugh (laughs) yeah when ron accuses hermione of never being able to admit that she's wrong i was like that bodes well for your marriage (laughs) (laughs) poor little it's kind of a she's just crying she's well part of it is like from her perspective she's also like upset because uh, of being blamed for other things that's happening in this year so yeah, right. she's like it's not just the whole I, the scabbers crookshanks thing is just like another thing on top of other stuff and stuff that we don't really yeah you gotta know feel you gotta feel point. for hermione i think ron is right in this case like yeah. why can't you just like admit that this is possible mm-hmm. um because i think harry is supposed to be playing that sort of like semi-impartial or not yeah, impartial yeah. but like wanting both of them to just chill out and it's like, well, I don't know. Your cat probably killed that rat. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like another because. But she's, she's just unraveling, you know. Stressed, yeah. but um, we don't fully know why. But we know some elements of it have mm. to do with the her telling McGonagall or did she tell McGonagall specific the firebolt? So she was, and mm-hmm. she basically was like, "Harry, leave me alone." Yep. <laughs> I gotta go read this book, and it's like because I asked you, I was like, and then why after is they she, win, she's she the only this one thing about British muggles. Like, you're fine, girl. Just wing it. You are, you know, you grew up with muggles. It's she fine. wouldn't be her if she could just wing it. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because she also doesn't participate in the after the celebratory party after the game. Yeah. Well, part it's of it tough, is probably because yeah. she doesn't want to be around Ron. She. She doesn't want to be around. I mean, Hermione in this book is such a well. I guess it's actually it's actually it's neither of these books. One one is Chamber of Secrets, and one is Sorcerer's Stone. I think it's out in the other room. But uh, yeah, she's like a case study for an overworked teenager, Mm. you know, in school, and kind of she the fact I think there's nothing more evident than that she doesn't even participate. I mean, in part, she blames it on Ron, but I feel like it's just that she's totally burnt out. And even late at night, when everyone else is enjoying themselves, she Mm -hmm. is uh, studying. Well, unfortunately, those um, because it's easy to be like, oh, I mean, I I also kind of empathize with this because I was similarly like that uh, in high school where I like did all the things and it's just kind of like, well... You know, you need to chill out. So like people being like, Hermione, you need to chill out. But it's not that simple. It's not disconnected from all. She probably gets praised from adults around her for being that sort of way. And so it's like this interconnected system that is not 
easy to undo unless everyone undoes it and stops perpetuating those narratives right. of like, oh, this is what you should be doing. Like, be more like Hermione. She's studying. She's going places in life. And it's like... Yeah, I think we talk about know. peer pressure a lot in school, but not so much adult pressure or like mm -hmm. supervisor pressure. How does that all work? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's arguably more influential for some students. You know, people are different. Mm -hmm. There's always this sort of cloud of influences happening to any particular person and right you can i mean if that doesn't describe like how people make decisions then i don't know what does yeah it's very interesting because now i'm thinking back a lot of this chapter um fred and george were there and so thinking about uh for individual people different kinds of influences have different kinds of impacts so if it's like uh, Winnie wants to be part of the podcast. I'm trying to talk here, Winston. I'm telling them about influences and how we're all shaped by each other, but in different ways. But Such like, um, <laughs> Fred and George are, they obviously bring like, I mean, they always do like their little levity. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting. Well, cause a big piece of it, well, I don't know if you would count it as a big piece, but there, there are little moments and one moment was with scabbers and I don't know which one of them was like, oh, Ron, why are you sulking about? Just go and get a new one sort of thing. And uh, But that moment in particular reminded me of the two of them in the context of the family. Mm. You briefly talked about this in a previous book of um, Molly always being stressed out and whatever mm -hmm. and perhaps like, okay, we'll take this rule, like cheer mom up or, you know, that's like what they do because – everyone around them seems to have their own stuff or whatever and so what they feel like they're good at is bringing that joy that comes along or just that goofiness and um, how important it is to have uh, people I was gonna say characters but in general people that are you know goofballs yeah 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 the anti-Percy <laughs> oh my god Percy. <laughs> I can't with except Percy. not so much I mean it's kind of interesting like Percy it's so similar to Hermione in a lot of ways. Like, mm -hmm. I think the pressures that he feels aren't the same. The pressures he prioritizes aren't the same as, say, a pressure that Mary would prioritize or Ron or Fred and George. Yeah, it's interesting because, so, like, we're talking about people and influence, but, um, of course, a big part is, like, your interpretation of your context so like percy's whole thing is like oh i'm gonna like have a good name for my family or what what I, you know like he has his own thing mm -hmm. it's not like his family uh his parents or anything are just like oh i wish we had more money or i wish we had more status right. like that isn't an explicit message but it's something that he like recognizing their positioning around other families and other people he had he takes it up in a particular way. Yeah, I think he he could be the type of empath that like reads conversations between his parents about money as like something to avoid or like that situation is something that like should be avoided and it would be great if they could avoid it in the future. So it's kind of an interesting perhaps, but I also feel like they're kind of fine with it. Like part of That's what I'm saying, but oh, his okay. interpretation of it would be like, oh this is not something yeah, yeah. that people should have to go through or something like that. Just a suggestion yeah. of what he might think. Yeah, it's very interesting. So a lot of this chapter, well, the chapter was about a Quidditch match and then a bunch of stuff happens like at the end. But 
Um, for Quidditch, everyone's like, oh my god, Harry's fireball. He finally gets to use it. Everyone wants to touch it or look at it or see if it's actually real, which, <laughs> you know, what would Harry Potter be doing with a knockoff broom? That seems more sketch. <laughs> Just a squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> it made me wonder about... Because um, other people have, I've uh, in my quick Google search, uh, thinking about... The kinds of equipment. Okay, this is this is a school Quidditch match. It's not professional. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. like they're even competing different schools. It's mm-hmm. like houses within a one school. So I'm like analog thinking of okay, school sports or organized sports uh, that I had or participated in growing up. And I was trying to when we were talking before thinking about okay, what would be similar enough where. The equipment would matter. So we talked very briefly, or we mentioned, okay, baseball, hockey, those are team sports, but golf. then also golf yeah. or tennis. Although I was like, I don't, I mean, I played tennis in middle school. I wasn't good at all, but my parents bought me a tennis racket. Like I, like it was a thing that um, I had, even though I'm pretty sure that there's some school equipment that you can use, which Probably. I imagine is similar to this school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really look up any details uh, there. But it's kind of funny because we also briefly talked about Malfoy's whole situation of his dad buying the entire team, <laughs> Nimbus 2001. So. I don't know what to say about Malfoy. Yeah, Malfoy is um, Malfoy is it's you know exhausting. It, he is it, it is exhausting. But I'm like trying to put myself in his little mind, like of. Why does he hate Harry so much? So Harry is the chosen one or labeled. Well, he's not necessarily labeled that uh, regularly at this point, but it's like the boy who lived, he's already famous. Um, he didn't even grow up with a family and he seems to be like happy. Yeah, it's I think the part, the part, I think the part that gets Malfoy the most is how happy Harry can be he can have friends he can have it seems like he can have all of this and Malfoy can't even really seem to get a, a family that seems uh I don't know like caring in the way that perhaps he wants to be cared for and so then his like whole thing is like well I'm gonna what am I gonna do replicate what I see like power whatever but it's still not I think even though fulfillment is like a messy thing because I feel like it is so elusive, even if you seem like you're happy or mm-hmm. whatever, but that seems to be Malfoy's whole thing and refusing to let that go because he just he just wants Harry to, to be in pain, I feel like, and right. that's kind of to get satisfaction of being like, okay, the world is fair, <laughs> which it's it's so messy and that poor kid, but he's also a terror. I don't have sympathy for him. <laughs> I feel like it's uh, he is purposeful about what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's not just some reaction to an inner monologue. He he has a purpose to trying to tear Harry Potter down because he thinks that he is entitled to be, you know, the person in control of everyone else. Yeah, but I'm saying like he. Um, yeah, so the entitlement, I think, is a good way to frame it because, like, his family is rich and powerful. Like, he should be, like, the top of the top of the top. But some nobody who doesn't even have parents, and I think that's why that's such a sticking point for Malfoy every time he's like, oh, I want to, like, get Harry. It's like, oh, well, you don't even have a family sort of thing. Yep. But uh, Malfoy can't seem to win. So, um one of the questions that I had as I was reading, because again, I, I don't know. It's been so long since I read this book. 
I, I'm pretty sure I've only read it once and it was like a long, 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 long time ago. So I was like, oh my God, why are there Dementors again? And then you're like, just wait. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, okay, what are even standards or protections or whatever? I know that there are Dementors here in this year at mm. this moment, but I was thinking in general, what are, are there... Are there any security measures or anything for Quidditch Just the pitches? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so in Quidditch history, that's where it took me. Uh, the Department of Magical Games and Sports was created after the International Statute of Secrecy was established in 1692. Mm. Um, so part of this is like, okay, well, people are playing Quidditch. Like, we need to. Once they decided we're going to go into hiding. What are the different areas? And so there's, of course, a lot of different departments in our in the Ministry of Magic uh, to protect the statute of secrecy. Uh, and each individual or country-based ministry is in charge of um, regulating this. So they I have imagine, their own statute of yeah, secrecy task force. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just constant figuring. Mm. No, um, I imagine that they have similar departments across different mm. magical governments. But... Quidditch teams do not play locally anymore um, as a result of this. And so then this department ended up setting up Quidditch pitches. Like these are designated places for witches and wizards to play Quidditch. Mm -hmm. And so uh, teams go and travel and they play. In the, I mean, it's not anything different as like, although I feel like every team basically has their own stadium. But like it, if you have these designated locations, everyone comes and they travel, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there was anti-muggle security as mm. part of the construction of these Quidditch pitches by this department. Um, okay, so fine. Because I'm thinking like, well, it wouldn't matter or wouldn't quite make sense to like try to deter Dementors. I was trying to like think through a process of like, what else would you want to protect or anything like that? Because muggles can't see Dementors. So I guess it just a dragon anyway. just comes flying in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't really know, but apparently the dragon has stolen the glove. Yeah. All I could see was that there are anti-muggle protections built into that. Um, the other thing in my research that I was looking at was... Sorry. Go ahead. Do you think there's like an extreme sports form of Quidditch where there is a dragon on the field and you just have to play around it? I don't know because I was thinking also just in my <laughs> pondering, I didn't really look too much into this of like, so sports are supposed to be a leisure activity and mm -hmm. just sort of like entertainment. So I was thinking because people have commented on uh, so many boards and stuff about how ridiculous the the point system and the rules of Quidditch are. Like, or right. maybe not necessarily the rules, but like the game itself seems so ridiculous of like, okay, right. catching the golden snitch, like, you know, you just win it. Like, what? Right. What's the point of that? Um, to which JK Rowling has publicly responded on Twitter and said that Quidditch is supposed to represent the human condition, which I'm kind of like, eh, whatever, it's fine. Because ultimately, to me, it's more simple than that. It's just, what is entertaining for witches and wizards? It's this Quidditch thing, even with this ridiculous scoring mm -hmm. system. Like, that is the entertainment The scoring system is is a weak point of it, yeah. It yeah. doesn't really make any sense. But but they enjoy it, so as long as you enjoy it, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I suppose not. <laughs> um, so, rule number six in Quidditch, there are a series of rules that you have to follow. Uh, wands may be taken on to the pitch. 
We talked about this, I think, possibly. Good, otherwise Harry would have broken a rule. Yeah, in year one or year two. In mm. a previous book, we talked about this specific rule because the right to carry a wand at all times was introduced in 1692. Around the time, like right before the statute of secrecy was established because muggle persecution was at like a high point. So uh, they were like, all right, you can carry your wand everywhere or you should to protect yourself whatever so um yeah uh wands can be taken onto the pitch but under no circumstances whatsoever be used against opposing team members any opposing team members broom the referee any of the balls or any member of the crowd so i read that and i was like did Harry break the rule? Going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or does Malfoy and his friend like? That's probably professional Marcus, rules. Yeah, true, true. At uh, the school, so it's, it's like, just like justice rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't dress up as <laughs> like Malfoy, a dementor and Crab, not expect Goyle, to get Marcus Flint. And then, uh, do they even count as being in the crowd since they were technically trespassing onto the yeah. field? You know, so I was just, I was like asking all these questions in my head. But also, interestingly, this ban on. I don't know what they th thought, <laughs> how they thought that was going to go down. They thought that Harry would fall. No, I and get then they that. But like, even him. if they did, they would still get in a crap ton of yeah, trouble. Yeah, I like, think, yeah, for sure. I don't think that Dumbledore they comes out just smashes them yeah thinks so they're actual dementors they were <laughs> expecting to get in trouble perhaps or maybe they were hoping that snape would like sorry get lucius <laughs> i stupefied draco oh right my into God. The oh yeah lucius is the governor of hogwarts so he's yeah. uh he's probably or head of the governors he's probably like oh it's fine whatever um so this ban not on anymore i don't think didn't that happen in the second book at oh, the end? I'm They're like, so oh, hey, you tortured people or something. I don't something. know. <laughs> or Does you threatened them. Does ever get in trouble for anything? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Does he? Know. This band on using wands against the opposing team wasn't imposed until 1538. Now, that's the Quidditch I want to see. <laughs> Flipping so, around and just like... <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, there are 700 recorded fouls. Um, it's kept in records in the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Um, and... The, this is like kind of a note by, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the guys. It's like Kenning, Kenningston or something. Wisp, the guy who wrote Magical or Quidditch Through the Ages, mm. which is the book that I looked at. Um, he said that in his research, he got to see the records and he's like, yeah, I agree. Oh, so, okay. I didn't finish my thought. The re uh, Nobody has seen this full list uh, because the department think doesn't want people to get ideas. <laughs> <laughs> So he said that in his research, he was able to acquire the list and like look through it. And he's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, all of these 700 fouls apparently occurred during the first Quidditch World Cup in 1473, which is funny. because Well, I'm then like, you might as well make them public. What did you do for <laughs> like 50, 60 years that you were like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. No, this is not fine. No one should use their wands against the other team. Like, it's obviously cheating. Rule number one. <laughs> Unless they... No killing curses. <laughs> they found that as part of the entertainment. They're like, oh, hey. Do the one that replicates the uh, quaffle and just have like a thousand of them and <laughs> score like over and over again. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, 90%, according to this guy who wrote Quidditch Through the Ages, said 90% are impossible if the ban on using a wand is actually 
followed. Uh, so most of those 700 are just, right. yeah, magical. Set somebody's broom on fire. Right. Actually, yes. So that is one. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know if that one was categorized in the 90% because then he was talking about the additional, the remaining 10%, most of them are very unlikely unless you have like, he didn't, these are my words, a sociopath, just, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> burning people's brooms on fire or just whatever. Um, and then there yeah. were 10 rules uh, that end up being in the book because those are the most common uh, fouls that are, mm. that happen. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, there's like one of them in particular was like if a, a non-seeker grabs the snitch, yeah. um, that's called a snitch nip or something like that. A I don't snitch know. snatch. <laughs> snitch. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Snitch that. Well, see, that's something that always has troubled me. Actually, do you did you come across anything about can they all touch the quaffle or only the chasers? I didn't look specifically at all ten of the. I know that I've glanced at them before. Because I feel like when we get to the fourth book mm -hmm. and there's the Quidditch World Cup, there's a scene where the announcer is calling a play by play, mm -hmm. and I think that the quaffle goes to all seven of the Irish players. Mm. And it always stuck out to me as being like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Cause I and I think in one of Harry's practices, they also have a practice where they're like all tossing around the quaffle. Mm -hmm. But I don't ever hear of Harry like scoring, you know, like with the yeah. quaffle. So I just found it interesting. Like maybe they can't score, maybe they can touch it or whatever well, it might in be. In soccer, any player can touch the ball right. with their feet. The the keeper's the only person who can touch it with their hands within the yeah, the box. Particular area mm -hmm. of the box. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't look at it specifically. I was just curious. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it always stuck out to me. When we get to that, maybe yeah. we'll think about it again. For sure. That was good. That's good stuff on Quidditch. Yeah. It's an, that's an endless little thing for us of just stuff to talk about. Because I was like, I don't even know what to talk about. We've already oh, talked yeah, about Quidditch. and your like... word choice, animus. Oh, animus? Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting because like, there's a lot about animals. So like oh. like it has the same root, but animus is like people being angry at each other. Everyone's angry right now. Literally everybody is angry. Why are you all so bad? Except poor Neville. I feel so bad for him because he's just yeah. Oh, the Nevster. And also, geez, poor Ron. He's just well, like so one thing I did look up was uh but I didn't want to talk about it in this one because I was like, I'm sure we'll have one later that maybe is better. I was like, oh, like Malfoy and them get detention. Like what are different forms of punishment at Hogwarts? Like mm. specifically, like what are they? Like all? the cleaning and of interestingly the... Yeah. <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, I think I read that Neville gets his Hogsmeade permission revoked after oh, this no. incident. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, but it was like this they specific. love Hogsmeade. It's like a whole, yeah. I mean, I and imagine. Fred and George went there. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, where'd you get this? And uh, I, I was like, thinking about the, the shopkeeper being like, <laughs> they I know, know you guys. You know, they're so charming. It's fine. It's capitalist it's Hogsmeade. Yeah. Like, they don't care. <laughs> Give me the money. <laughs> uh, what do you think Percy's going to do with those 10 galleons? <laughs> I presume that Fred and George took some of it oh already to go uh, buy goodies. But yeah, yeah no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember. I didn't look this up. I was trying to remember if I, we, know, I love that. Like if we know who Percy and is like are, are they dating forever yeah. or do they get married? 
Or? I don't know. I don't think they get married, but they were dating mm. in the last one. Okay. Because that was the secret or whatever. No, I know like, the last Jenny one. Jenny had I was, this secret. I was trying to remember, like. I, I don't know if they break up or not. To what extent they, or she's around. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Because in Half Blood Prince, Percy I'm trying to think, pops is he in and head out boy every right now? now and then. But he is, he's right? not like. He's head yeah, boy, he's, so he's seventh year. Is he head? This no, is it for he, him. He put on. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. He put on a badge. Was that yeah. the head boy badge or his prefect badge? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, who knows? I don't remember. It's all blurring yes, together. We, we are expert on the details right here. Yeah, every day is six <laughs> years of life, and so we've been doing this podcast for nigh years. on 10 centuries. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's all that I have for Yeah, that was great. That was so great. Far. But like I said, poor Ron. Mm-hmm. Waking up in the middle of the night, a dude with a like actual nightmare, a dude with a knife. No one believes him. McGonagall goes great out. Great storytelling. Great storytelling because like it will in the next chapter immediately become a question of like, well, how did he mess up and like accidentally go to Ron's four poster Ooh. instead of Harry's? Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, well, until next time. Until next time. One's, One's ready. ready.